1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buchas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Uh,
2: On this morning, I want to invite your attention to Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Pray with me, please. Father, we honor you on this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this preaching hour and moment. In this experience of preaching, let your voice be heard clearly. All of you, none of me. Save the loss, reclaim the drifter, provoke the backslider, come back and be restored. I pray, eternal God, that your name would get glory and honor and praise from all that transpires. And as I stand here as an instrument in your hand, Heavenly Father, I've done my preparation, but it is now up to you. Use me, Lord, in a manner that pleases you and allow my mind to be clear and my, my physical body to be strong, that I might declare your word in a way that is what you want it to be in a way that your people can hear and receive and grow and change and be changed by it. Spirit of the living God, I'm praying that you move in the midst of our time on this morning that that which has been set up as barriers around our heart, barriers around our mind might be torn down today. That the people of God and those who don't know you will hear from you and know clearly that something different has happened as I sat in the presence of God on this day. So Spirit of the Lord have your way and I will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It is in Jesus name I pray. I believe it shall be done. Amen and amen. I want to start a series of messages titled those called to serve and on this morning I want to talk to you from the idea a plea to serve God for his glory, okay? He moves us in this text through this plea. I I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, Paul says as a result of all the content and the compassion that God has laid out on your behalf. From chapter 1 through chapter 11, I beseech you, I urge you, I plead with you, I beg you based on the mercies of God. He says, remember the mercies of God, and unfortunately, church, one of the things I think that has caused the drastic shift in the American uh, Christianity is that we have forgotten about the mercy of God. Perhaps one of the things that has caused the shift in your life and has made it more comfortable and more suitable for you to expect that everybody else is going to serve you and everybody else is going to do what you don't want to do, but yet you do nothing but be a consumer and a sucker and a a viper, then, then maybe you have forgotten about the mercy of God as the apostle Paul has laid out in this text, he, he says, I beseech you based on the mercies of God. Now he already laid out for us in 11 chapters, how merciful God has been to us. He had, and, and I, can I, can I just talk with us this morning through some of those? He says, listen, listen, he says, I need you to remember the, the mercies of God. I need you to remember that you were a sinner condemned to hell and death and you were without excuse. You had no excuse for the escape of hell and judgment. That's where you were. Believer, believer. But God, he saved you by his mercy. But God, by his, his mercy, he justified you anyway. Boy, help me, Jesus. He, he justified you apart from the law. Help me, God. I know you grew up trying to be a goody two-shoes, and you said, I'm going to do everything right. But if you fail in one part, you failed at all. And so even for my goody two-shoe Gentile, God, through his mercy, still justified you. He declared you forensically clean before the presence of his throne by his mercy. Y'all still here with me? this is what the scripture says, you were an alien, you were a foreigner, you were were separated from God by your sin and by your birth Gentile, you didn't even have a right to approach the throne of God, but God Through his mercy, he tore down the wall of separation and he reached over and grabbed you and brought you near and adopted you into his family and he grafted you into the vine so that you too would have the blood of Jesus flowing through your body. Paul says, remember the mercy of God. You were a sinner whose wages deserved death. And for you that's saying, well, you know, hey, you're not talking about me. Yeah, all had sin and come short of the glory of God. uh, But by his mercy, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you, knowing that. Even after I save you, you still go act a fool. I'm trying to help you remember the mercies of God. Lord, help me, God. Because of his mercies, you are not consumed. By his mercy, it was Jesus who was making intercession for you. He was, he was praying for you. Lord help me, God. And, and you, you don't even, you, you don't even know how it happened. You just know it happened. You know that you came through. Lord God have mercy. You, you, you were not, you were not destroyed by the divorce lord jesus you 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 you, lord help me god you 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 was hoping that that i could make it out of this mess and by the mercy of god you didn't you you were not condemned to 12 years in prison even though that's what you should have got you didn't get pregnant you you didn't catch aids Although you were doing all the stuff that you should have, that should have been your end, you, you should have been buried and sleeping in your grave, but by the mercy of God. do so you need to remember the mercy of God. You ain't always been where you are. I know you got your GS whatever right now, but that ain't where you started. Come on, somebody tell the truth and shame the devil. It was the mercy of God that brought you through. It was the mercy of God that allowed you to get promoted. It was the mercy of God that kept you from being fired when you were coming in late and leaving early. It was the mercy of God that kept you from being the alcoholic on the street, kept you from being the crackhead. It was God's mercy. Paul says, I beseech you. I beg you. I plead with you. According to those mercies. That you present your body. There's a reminder of God's mercy, but secondly, there's a request to present yourselves as living sacrifices. Now, there is what we would commonly call an oxymoron in this statement. There's a contradictory, there's conflict in the statement because Paul says, I want you by, according to the mercies of God, based on all that God has done for you, I want you to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, conflict in the text is that how can we be a sacrifice but at the same time, be alive. Because if you, if you walk through scripture and understand anything about sacrifices, sacrifices were taken to the altar and they were cut open and bled out until they died. So sacrifices were dead. But Paul, very deliberately, very intentionally says, I want you to present your bodies as living sacrifices. What are you talking about, Paul? Paul is saying, I, I want you to present your bodies not for yourselves, but I want you to present your bodies for God. Watch this. And die to self. If any man comes after me, he has to deny himself, die to himself. And, but yet, watch this, but allow the spirit of the living God that dwells in you to live out God's purpose of worship and service through you. Watch this. So in other words, I want you to die to yourself, not in a a suicidal sense, But I want you to die to yourself for a purpose. And the purpose is so that God can get glory out of your life. The request here is to present yourselves to God as a service that has as a focus God getting credit for. The only thing that's hindering the spirit of God in you from worshiping and serving the spirit of God outside of you is that you have not died and offered your body as a sacrifice so that that can happen. Then he says, not only do I want you to present yourself a living sacrifice, he says um, your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. The sacrifice that he's looking for is a holy sacrifice. Um, this is this is critical in that God is not interested in unholy sacrifices. He never desires unholy sacrifices, he never wants it. Go all the way back to the law. He tells them anything that is that's defiled, anything that's broken, anything that's sick, I don't want that. He always says, Bring me the best. Y'all still here? Uh, he, he never wants leftovers. He doesn't say after you have done, done all you done, just bring me what you got left. No, no, no. He always says, bring me mine first. Bring me the first fruit of your offering. Bring me the best. He, he doesn't want the broken down. He doesn't want the defiled. The he doesn't want the, the lame, the crippled. He doesn't want that. No, bring me the best that you have um, and present that to me. That's the holy sacrifice. And what makes it holy is that Christ lives in you and Christ is working through you to bring glory to Himself. Lord God, have mercy. Because you and I, in of ourselves, we can't, we can't present anything holy because we are sinners. Lord, help me, save by the grace and the mercy of God. And so we've got to just surrender ourselves that the Spirit in us, Lord help me God, can serve Him through us and bring Him a holy offering, Lord help me God. Because even the priest... In the temple had to go before, when they came before the altar of the Lord, they had to prepare themselves. They had to get themselves ready. They had to get cleaned up. They had to wash themselves and clean themselves and dip blood on certain parts of the body. And, and even then after all the ceremonial things that they did before they came before God to try to bring God a holy offering, they had to tie a rope around their waist and put pails and at the end of the tassels and so if they went into the holy of holies as an unholy vessel, Lord help me God if they went in there and they hadn't done something right and they didn't have it all right, the holiness of God would strike them down and you know that they were dead because you'd hear them fall and hit the ground and all the bells would be jingling on the ground because the holiness of God had taken them out. I'm trying to help you see that by ourselves we can't even offer nothing holy until we surrender ourselves as vessels of righteousness to God until we submit ourselves as sacrifices to God that he might through us worship himself. That's the only way we can bring something holy to God. God and so you if you think that you could just halfway serve God and he gonna be okay with that you got another thought coming because God doesn't accept unholy sacrifices you might be thinking you racking up some points in heaven but God is keeping good record if you're half stepping on him he ain't giving you no credit you don't get credit in heaven from giving God unholy sacrifices you don't get credit in glory in the uh, book of life for you halfway doing stuff or you're doing stuff for your own motivation or you're doing stuff so people can see you and so people can hear you and so people can pat you on the back and say how great you are no you don't get no credit for that you only get royal and holy credit when you do a holy work for a holy God and the only way you can do a holy work for a holy God is you've got to present your body a living sacrifice I'll say it like this because is another thing that I had a chance to see there's a whole lot of folk playing with God we need to stop playing with him if you're going to bring it, bring it. If you're going to serve him, serve him with you all. Give him everything you got. Stop playing with God. Bring him your best. Remember the mercy of God that brought you his best for you. And bring him your best as you present your body a living sacrifice. Holy And if it's holy, it's acceptable. Y'all see that? I'm glad he put that in there because that, that, that sets the standard of what's acceptable to him. Holy, acceptable. That's all that's acceptable to God is a holy sacrifice. So bring your best. Third, and I'm out of your way. The text says, present this thing to God, holy and acceptable to him, which is... Your reasonable service. Present your bodies. Which re- represents your entire life. Your body. When he talks about your body. He talking about your entire life. As a living. Li- live your life. As a sacrifice. To God. A holy accept- ex- acceptable sacrifice to God. And he says. It, this is only reasonable. That you would present. Your whole life as a sacrificial offering to God. He said, this is just reasonable service, but we have shifted from that. And if I can just be honest, there's a whole lot of folk that think this is just unreasonable. It's unreasonable to think I'm going to serve God all my life. Was it unreasonable for you to think he was going to save you? Was it unreasonable for you to think it was, it was okay for him to hang on that cross? And take on your sin. Help me Jesus. No I don't. I mean hey. We were okay with that when he was suffering. When he was sacrificing. But now. When the table is turned and he says now. Present your life as a sacrifice. Back to serving him. For his glory. Is that unreasonable? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think that was unreasonable. Why is it. Why is it a reasonable ask, Pastor? I think it's reasonable because of his mercy, first of all. I think it's reasonable. When I remember all that he's done for me, this is reasonable. when I i think it's reasonable because uh, he made it all possible for me to even be here in the first place. I should be dead. I don't know about y'all. I know some of y'all think y'all deserve to be alive. I, I should be dead. I mean... Um, I, I, I ain't got to get into a whole lot of deep stuff. Just the way I drive. It's by his mercy. It's reasonable because it's all about him and it's not about me. This whole thing is about God. It's about him getting glory out of my life. I think it's reasonable for him to ask me based on what he's done for me to give my life to glorify him. That's reasonable. It's reasonable because because he deserves glory. Who else deserves glory besides God? Nobody. It's a reasonable request because he, he took on all of your sin. And he took it to the cross. And he let them nail him to the cross. For you. For you. For you. For me. That is is reasonable. Through all he suffered. On my behalf. I should have been the one. You should have been the one. That was nailed to that post. And whipped and beat. Until the flesh was torn from your body. That was what we deserve. But he did it for me. He did it for me. He did it for me. And. And he stayed on that cross even though he was God and he could have called for a legion of angels to come and rescue him and take him down from the cross but he would not come down from that cross. Oh, let's say he, he is reasonable because as wretched as I am as wicked as I am, he still loves me. He still gives me breath every morning. He gives me new mercy every day. It's reasonable because he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. Help me, God. It's reasonable to ask this of you because he loves you like nobody else could. He loves you when everybody else walked out and turned their back on you. He's still putting his arms around you and blessing you day by day by day. It's reasonable. It's just a reasonable request to say give your life over to God. To live it for him. Amen. This is the reasonable request. And I'm going to close with this. Because I know there are some that are thinking. Pastor, I got this to do. I got that to do. I got to get the kids ready. I got to, I, you know, I got to watch my TV show. I got to get up early in the morning. And you know, pastor... I, I get it and it that sounds good and Sunday morning churchy and all that. But you know, is that you know what's in it for me? This is the, this is the this is true. This is true. This is how we think. What's in it for me if I sacrifice like that? What do I get? Because see, what we've done is we've been putting us first and him last. So I'm going to help you right here. You can if you forget everything else I say, remember this. The scripture says, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, if I live for him and I set that as priority. Help me Jesus. All the other things will be added onto you. You just got to get, get it straight. This is just a plea to serve God for
1: his glory. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland or virtually via our website, Facebook and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family